Welcome into the Dad Verb Podcast, episode six. Dad Verb Podcast is a place where we chat about parenting from the lens of a dad. My name is Andrew, and I am joined by my friend Ben Brown. How you doing, Ben? Good, good, good. Week's been good. Baby's been good. Yeah, we are uh, in week. Oh gosh, she just turned three weeks on Friday. Mm, um, so fast, we're, yeah, coming up on a month. Yeah, we're fast, coming up on dude. a month already. It's wild, um, but she is developing. She's changing every day, and we are in the thick of uh, dealing with a toddler who is learning how to be a sibling. So we'll uh, uh, we, we can get into that a little bit further. But um, uh, yeah, it's yeah. been it's been a very interesting week as a as a dad for sure. A couple behavioral things that that are cropping. Yeah, up. yeah, mm-hmm. um, lots of. Lots of challenges um, yeah. for both for both us and for the kids. So, um, yeah, looking forward Ooh, to talking about that well, for sure. I'll, I'll poke you about that. Uh, but uh, you know, before I, I kind of get into my little week catch up, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about in this, on the episode today. So, uh, TikTok they implemented a new uh, time limit for users under eighteen. So obviously, you know that correlation between social media and kids can be concerning, uh, and TikTok is is trying some things. So we'll highlight that. Uh, and then there are new insights into how uh, nurturing fathers impact the lives of their children. We'll dive into that topic, and then we'll round it out about uh, dis- uh, discussing how our relationships change after kids. So that's what we have in the doc today. But catching up with you on uh, on my end of things, listen, I, I I might not have the energy and enthusiasm this week. I'm I'm pretty under the weather. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're making it work. We're going to be trying here. Uh, but I am happy. I am uh, 2-0 and o as a coach to my son's soccer team for uh, for U6 soccer. Uh, so uh, we, we ended last season undefeated. We're starting this season off on, this, on a very strong note. So I'm pretty happy about that. Awesome. Uh, and uh, it was my son's birthday yesterday. So we got to celebrate him turning six. And this is episode six. So all the vibes are good. <laughs> um, it's been, uh, it's been fun. Wild. We weren't going to record uh, a podcast because I was going to be on a spring ba- uh, spring break vacation. We were going to take our son down to San Antonio, have some fun. But the family that we were going to go with, they had a stomach virus, a stomach bug. So we we pushed it out a few days. Of course, uh, yeah, the kids and that. sicknesses. Avoid that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I, stomach stuff I can't do. And yeah. So anyway, the during the the birthday things our sister my sister-in-law came and what my sister-in-law does she's a little sus right when my sister-in-law comes and and her kid is sick uh the kid is coughing and she always like pretends like oh my gosh like what's that what he's coughing so much like what's happening i'm like i always blame it on allergies (laughs) yeah exactly well it's just i'm I'm pretty sure he's just got allergies it's fine and here's here's my golden rule. It's never allergies, right? It's always a cold, right? So I'm like, you don't have to they beat around the bush. I know you're sick. And uh, and sure enough, I got sick. So I'm really hoping this dissipates that uh, before we have to leave on Wednesday to go down for our little spring break, spring break trip. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little under the weather. A lot of people are just fighting bugs all around us right now. But you know, I, I told you a couple weeks back, like, I'd be surprised if we went multiple weeks of this podcast without recording some sort of sickness between either me or you yeah so right now it's me (laughs) yeah i think it was i want to say it might have been us last week i know it was us the week our daughter was born um our son got like violently sick the night before we were supposed to leave for the hospital oh gosh do you really like and she and oh man pregnant and sick gosh yeah it's tough man again 
one of the toughest things about being a parent, getting sick when being a parent and still having to keep up with all the demands of of fatherhood or parenthood. It's, <laughs> it's not yeah, easy, I, I so. applaud you for um, attempting to avoid the stomach virus though. I've had two this year, both mm. from my son from daycare. Um, and they were, I mean, just brutal, uh, Gosh, just, man. you know, 48 hours of just <laughs> hugging a toilet and field run down. And oh. of course the little ones recover so much faster than you do. Yeah. So it's like, while you yeah. feel terrible, they're up and like, you know, sprinting around and all of a sudden, you know, they're uh -huh. ready to eat and they're ready to have fun. And yeah, you know, you still gotta, you still gotta be a parent at the end of the day, even though you feel absolutely terrible. So oh. more power to you. Hope you get through this week, uh, we'll see. unscathed we'll see. and get to enjoy your vacation. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so to kick things off, do you want to, do you want to chat a bit about, um, TikTok and what's going on with them right now? Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. So, uh, read an article earlier today. I'm sure everybody, anybody who's involved in social media or has, you know, a TikTok account or has, uh, any pulse, uh, finger on the pulse of the news. Um, this is kind of all over the place where, um, you know, TikTok says they're implementing a new time limit for users under the age of 18. So uh, it's a really interesting conversation because TikTok in and of itself is, you know, such a massively successful app. But from what we understand of it, um, there are sort of different versions of TikTok that exist depending on what country you're in, right? Mm -hmm. um, so TikTok is owned um, by a Chinese-based company, apparently, and it, obviously we don't have access to this necessarily, but from reporting, we're seeing, you know, the, the version in China is, uh, you know, more educational. They're showing like science videos and things that are, uh, you know, helping kids develop into sort of productive members of society. Right. Um, reportedly. any, right, right. Reportedly. Now, again, yeah. we're not behind that wall. So we're, this is all secondary information. Sure. Um, but in the U S I mean, any of us that open TikTok know what's on there, right? 13 year old you see, dancing, right? You see a bunch <laughs> of kids dancing around, you see, um, you know, generally kind of like controversial content. Um, mm -hmm. you see a lot of, you know, generally highly sexualized content, even if that's not the stuff you follow, you go to your for you page and like, if you're a male and you're on TikTok, like you're going to see, you know, somebody shaking their butt on the internet. Like, it's just, that's what's being served up by their algorithm, depending on your, your age, uh, and your gender. And so, you know, there, there's no argument that I think, uh, getting into some of these social media platforms where you can just scroll and scroll and scroll and consume and consume and consume for, you know, endlessly, right. Cause there's millions of, of hours of video being uploaded at any given time to a platform like TikTok. Um, is going to be detrimental to kids of, you know, people who are not, do not have fully developed brains yet. Right. Which anybody who's 18 or who has been 18 knows, um, you know, you're not making the best decisions. You're easily influenced by things you may have. Um, you're, you're still developing your view of yourself, your view of your body, um, anything like that. And so anything that can be done to kind of limit the impact of that, I think is important. Um, and so with TikTok's announcement, it was, it was interesting because they're trying to position this as, you know, Hey, we're protecting the kids, right? Um, we're keeping them from, from doom scrolling and just sort of getting sucked into this vortex of content consumption. Right. Um, but it's really interesting kind of how they're doing this. Um, so in reading this article, it, I, and I want to get your opinion on this, Andrew, um, 
but it doesn't look like the controls that are being put in place are necessarily going to be that impactful. Right. Right. Um, so they're saying that, uh, there's going to be a one hour time limit for those under 18. Um, right. So the goal is to keep them on the platform for a certain amount of time and then get them off. However, it looks like the way that they're doing that is simply by popping up a message. Um, you can kind of think of this as like, you know, Netflix, when you're sitting there watching a show for hours and it'll ask you if you're still watching and you have to actually consciously, you know, click a button to continue it. Um, this is kind of along the same lines where it's going to say, you've reached your time limit for TikTok, Um, and it will say, do you want to continue? And teens can then sort of bypass uh, this warning. So the idea, I guess, is that they have to make a conscious decision to continue scrolling. Right. Um, And I kind of want to get your thoughts on this, right? Because I mean, 67% of American teenagers are using TikTok and 16% are saying they use it constantly. Yeah. Um, You know, what are your thoughts on on how this is kind of impacting kids? Um, and, And do you think that this type of approach is going to do anything to keep kids, uh, you know, really from, from just getting sucked into these platforms and and staying on them. Right. So honestly, I don't think that this is really going to have any sort of effect because, you know, at the end of the day, if a kid wants to do something, they're going to go and do it. You know, they're going to find a way to do it. Like kids who you're not even, you have to meet a certain age limit to, to even have a TikTok account. But of course, they're going to find ways to, you know, create an email and, and you know, lie about their age and, and get whatever content that it is that they're going to want to get. You know, they're, right. they're they're going to be able to find it. So I feel like this seems to more be I feel like the catalyst for this was more of, I guess, a, a political kind of a thing, because yeah. as you may have heard. TikTok is constantly uh, in the media about whether or not it's even going to continue to exist as a media platform in the United right. States. There's ongoing legislation about whether or not this thing should be bound outright. Uh, so I think this is probably more of a, a political step to say like, hey, this is what we're doing to try and shield kids from content. But ultimately, it's not, you know, it's a, you know, I, I, what I, kind of equate it to is in Pokemon Go. Uh, Pokemon Go is a really fun, mm-hmm. active thing, but what a lot of people were doing was they were playing it when they were driving, which is incredibly dangerous because you have to like <laughs> really be looking down at your phone That's to insane. like spin the ball and catch Pokemon. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, you really have to be looking. And there was this prompt that can tell, or there was this, um, uh, it, it was able to tell whether, you know, how fast you were going. And if you're going 60 right. miles an hour on a freeway and you're playing, it's like, hey, are you driving? And you're certainly right. in a driver's seat. And you're like, nope, not good. And then you, 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 you know, click through the prompt and you just keep playing. You do your thing. And that's basically what this is. This is a prompt to say like, hey, uh, your time's up. Cool. Yeah. Are you going to keep going? Are you going to stop? And obviously, if you're a kid who's just mm-hmm. well ingrained into this, uh, that's fully, you know, who wants to consume whatever content right. you're going to want to consume, they're just going to click through. So honestly, well, um, you know, to your question what's the efficacy of this? I really don't think there really is going to be one. Um, whether or not to, you know, the company actually cares, I don't know. Uh, yeah. because ultimately more views equals more money, you know, uh, right. from a political perspective, they're trying to check the boxes and look good. Yeah. And this they're, is what they have to the do. Controls. Right. Right. 
Yeah, they're checking their controls, and you know, I, obviously, anybody that follows the news, they're they're catching a lot of heat. Um, I think as of right now, the White House issued a, a sort of mandate that all federal agencies remove TikTok from any federally owned uh, smartphones or devices within thirty days. Um, hmm. So they're they're already at the sort of government level removing this app from their devices, which I, is probably smart, right? Like we probably don't want TikTok sitting on a bunch of federal workers' phones um, that, yeah. you know, possibly have access to, you know, sensitive data or whatever it is. Sure. Um, you know, this is, this is something that's kind of come up time and time again around, you know, what are our kids being exposed to? What is that algorithm sort of pushing to them? Um, and I can't remember, it, I don't know if you have this stat in front of you, but there was a, um, I remember hearing a data point recently about how many kids uh, sort of shifted from when they were asked, you know, what career they wanted oh, um, gosh, that yeah. shifted from like, you know, doctors and lawyers and firefighters yeah. and all this to like wanting to be TikTok influencers, um, yeah. which is a very significant amount among, I think it was either, uh, you know, Gen Z or even sort of the, the younger end of millennials, right. um, you know, folks who were, um, you know, looking at saying, you know, this is what I want to be when I grow up, right? Like I want to be a TikTok influencer. Yeah. Um, and that, I, I remember hearing that and it kind of struck me as just like, you know, if you, like what happened? Like, how did we get here? Uh, yeah, Maybe that's really like the, the 35 year old, like old, old man millennial in me now. Yeah. Um, of just like, I don't necessarily understand it. I understand that there's a lucrative business model behind it, but it's like trying to get into the NBA, right? Like there's such a small number who are going to make a tremendous success out of right. being on these platforms. Yeah. And you know, the reality is, is most people are not going to generate any money or, or a livable wage from this. And so, you know, do you dedicate all of your time and, and mindset and resources to, to doing that? Or, or, you know, is that really a viable career choice? That is so, you know, it's, I'm familiar with that, that data point that, that you mentioned, I don't remember where I read it from. And I saw a, a, a different, I guess, a variant of that where, a bunch of children were polled in, of course, China, uh, about like what their aspirations were for their future and what they hope to be. And mm -hmm. I think majority of the answers were along the lines of astronauts, uh, physicists, doctors, you know, things that are reputable, uh, right. while specifically American youth were uh, TikTok content creators, YouTube content creators. And it's sad. And this is me. This is me coming from I am. I, in my career, I'm a video right. content creator on YouTube. And uh, being on that side, I can tell you how much of a grind and how difficult it actually is because you are doing more than just like, you know, creating that, that, you know, that dopamine hit for your audience, right? right? For, you know, creating content, those videos, there's so many things on the back end that are just not sexy. And I'm not going to get into it right now because yeah. it's, but, but it's extremely difficult as a business owner, and there's the yeah. there's the, the taxes and the accounting, the the monthly mm -hmm. bookkeeping, and like, you know, the the unsexy thing of like, okay, we have to <laughs> yeah. we have to you know consolidate our books here, and we have to you know, it's definitely not something that's easy. Um, and and oddly enough, I just saw a report this morning on the Today Show about how a co mm -hmm. a couple of colleges are now adopting uh, social media influencers as like a as like a course as like a class as a major. Um, Jeez. and yeah, and it's an, it's an actual thing. Like just today, it, go on to 
the Today Show or Today.com. We were recording this on March 6th. That's when it was reported. It was so interesting, but it's sad. And, you know, I kind of, it's discouraging. So, you know, the best that we can do as dads is just continue to, you know, encourage our kids to chase dreams beyond the superficiality of, of, uh, what we see on TikTok. And for the record, I yeah. will say, I can't stand TikTok. That's the one platform that I'm <laughs> yeah. not actively on uh, because yeah. uh, I just, I'm so focused on YouTube and I guess Instagram, right? right. And like TikTok, if, like, if you build your entire career on TikTok and all of a sudden the government comes through and they're like, all right, it's all banned. Like <laughs> there right. goes your entire business model. Right. You know, it you don't actually operates. Own, exactly. You don't actually own a business. You're just, you, you, you're subject to a platform, which right. is why you have to diversify. And I don't think kids who are 13 understand that concept. They're just like, no. oh, okay. So, you know, or, you know, or, you know, what, okay, what do you do with all this money? Are you just right. spending it and building a team or like, oh, are you investing it into a Roth IRA and then, and, you know, like, and right. diversifying and investing. And, uh, yeah. there are things that, that go beyond the social content creation well, you see, that you see how many influencers are, have had to reinvent themselves as platforms have changed. Right? Yeah. Um, and you know, I think even beyond that, the thing that I think concerns me the most, and, and again, I think this is kind of a, you know, this one hour limit is kind of a, a bandaid on a bullet wound, right? Like you're, you're, yeah. you're not solving the root issue and what we're not addressing are the, the sort of psyche, the psychological impacts of being uh, engrossed in social media and having that, you know, develop your worldview. Well, here's um, the thing though. It's so why, easy to get that. Yeah, go ahead. Why all this discourse specifically toward TikTok though? I, is it just because right. it's Chinese owned? Like yeah. I, the, the effects of social media right. are just as prevalent through, through Instagram, uh, through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I mean, well, let me read this yeah, right here. They're not uh, owned by a rival nation. Exactly. I think that's where a lot of this conversation is coming from, but the effects are the same. Uh, There's a a study by the Journal of Social and Clinical Psychology that says that there is a a casual link between the use of social media and negative effects on well-being, primarily depression and loneliness. And there's an actual chart that shows the, as media consumption, social media consumption increases, Mm-hmm. so does the rates of um, depression and suicide, particularly in teen girls. Wow. It's a very sad statistic. So does this one hour limit, like, I mean, is it going to do anything? Probably not. Right. Is it at least some sort of step in the right direction? Sure. Should it be adopted sure. by Instagram? I mean, why not? Has yeah. it Has it not? I don't know that Instagram has anything like that right. because there are a lot of young people on that platform as well, right? Yeah. I mean, the only option at that point is um... – you know, using screen time limits or, you know, setting those sort of passcodes and using the, the, the available software limitations that exist on your smart device. But, you know, there's ways around that. If you know yeah. the, the pin code or the pass, like it's not that hard to get around any of this. No, um, and these I kids think, are getting smart. You know, right. And to your point, the larger conversation is not about TikTok, right? It's it, okay. TikTok is making a step. It happens to be in kind of the zeitgeist right now. Like everybody's talking about it because of the sort of multiple seemingly possibly nefarious things that are happening behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is like, this is happening on every social media platform that exists, right? The goal is 
to get you to stay on their platform as long as possible, because that's how you're, they're going to generate ad revenue. That's how they're generating, they're getting eyeballs. That's how influencers are driving traffic to sites. And, you know, we get that it is a part of a business model, but at the end of the day, you know, there should be a, more than likely, there really should be limitations on people with sort of these developing brains that can be easily and, and whether it's positive or negative, they can be easily influenced to, um, you know, feel bad about themselves, feel that bad about their position in life. I know I've scrolled through Instagram and looked at somebody's snapshot of their lifestyle and said, yeah man, you know what? I, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I not there? Yeah. Um, you know, why do, why am I not at that position in my life yet? And it's like, what you're looking at is a highlight reel of somebody's life and taking that as their entire reality. And like you right. said, they don't see the grind. They don't see just, you know, for you to build the following that you have with dad verb, like that takes so much work and effort behind the scenes to turn that into a fully fledged business. Um, and it's the same thing, you know, with most of these influencers, you might see the influencers, the face, and generally there's a whole team of people behind them. There might be an agency that manages them. There might be someone who's helping them create the right content, doing the research to figure out what do you, what's the trend that you're going to create next? What's the trend that's happening right now that you need to glom onto to keep your popularity rolling. And then what happens when that falls off? Like when your popularity takes a dip. Um, you know, you see this with some influencers when they fall off, like what happens next? Your revenue dries up, like you, you know, are you spinning yeah. into, into depression, um, mm -hmm. at that point, because you're not at the forefront of being popular anymore. Right. It's, you know, it's really sad to me because, or not it, what's the right word? I guess just difficult for me as a dad, because right now, a lot of kids are chasing superficiality. And like you said, they are really wanting the followers for, I don't right. know, people ask me like, Hey, like what, what are some tips to like grow on YouTube or whatever? I'm like, right. finish this sentence. You should follow me because blank. A majority of young people can't finish that sentence. Is it because mm -hmm. I look pretty? Is it because you know, it's, right. it's usually going to be some sort of superficial answer. Cause I want the followers because I'm funny. Right. I want to make you laugh. Those aren't real reasons. Good. Exactly. Right. So it's like, it's, you're, it, you're chasing validation, you're chasing external validation. That's, that's the idea that like, you know, one of the things we try with, with our son and that we've tried to change our like language and mindset mm -hmm. is, and it, it's a little thing and I don't know if it's going to work or not, but if he does something good, right. Or does something that, that we want to reinforce as a positive behavior, what we're trying to do is change our language instead of saying, I'm proud of you which we say to him all the time, like, I am proud of him when he does X, Y, or Z, right? He helps out, he brings the, helps bring groceries in or whatever, like he's two, there's, there's only so much he can do, but having him be engaged with the family is great. Yeah. We're trying to change that from I'm proud of you to you should be proud of yourself. Mm. So you contributed to the family, you did something that, you, you know, you learned how to use scissors, you should right. be proud of yourself and try to drive that sort of like internal validation of like, I accomplished something and I should be proud of that. Right. Um, so right. you're not looking as much for that external validation of, I need someone else to tell me that I did a good job mm -hmm. so that I know that I'm okay as a person. Right. Um, and you know, and that's kind of what people, I feel like people sort of chase when they're saying, I want to be an influencer just to 
get the attention, right? It's that yeah. external validation that, that fills some sort of gap in their life. And another, to dovetail that, I think another, you know, mindset shift that needs to happen, is, especially with the youth is, you know, it's give me the likes, give me the laughs, give me the rev- the views, mm-hmm. right? Right. But really, we're we're losing the concept of, of giving and being charitable. Serving people is ultimately what I want to be, yeah. what my children to be. I, I want them to be good servants. Uh, yeah. And we are just not breeding, the, breeding those kinds of kids right no. now. We are breeding no. con- consumption and give me, give me, as opposed right. to um, what? how can I help you? How can I serve you? Uh, and that's a really a mindset shift that as you know, my son just turned six, as he's really coming into an age where bigger concepts are going to be landing really soon. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I'm, I'm really wanting to hit home is how can you serve others rather than how can the world continue to serve you and grow yeah. your own self-interests? That's, that's, that's a really great point. I think that's, you know, that's why we have these conversations. That's why, uh, you know, dad verb exists. That's why these things, uh, have been created is, is to serve others, um, right. in, in a dads. way that, that we were looking for. Right. Uh, and I'll is, be, I'll be completely awesome. honest. When I first started dad verb, it was a vlogging channels because I wanted you to watch me cause I'm an editor and I can make videos, yeah. but it wasn't till later. I like made content to like review and, and help right. uh, make buying decisions about strollers or whatever, where I was like, and, oh man. And when did no one speaking to dads? Off? And right. this is how, when did your channels take off? Uh, uh, my channel popped every, every thing pops at one point, right? My channel popped yep. when I made a review of the outlet baby monitor. Right. And it was when the first video where I helped some others. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. decided to help people and people said, okay, this is what you're about. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I think, uh, actually, what you just talked about with Henry and, you know, saying, you know, trying to kind of guide him in the right direction, I think brings us to, to our next topic that we wanted to talk about was the, the idea of why children need nurturing fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we talk about this in, in our discussions quite a bit about how we raise our kids and, and how, you know, I think we as dads try to, to be our best, right. And to not necessarily just fulfill the, you know, the sort of societal traditional gender roles, right. Of like, you know, dad goes out and wins the bread and then mom's at home taking care of the kids and sort of the, never the two worlds shall meet, right. Like mom mm-hmm. does all the kids stuff. I do all the work stuff and nobody, you know, we're kind of two ships in the night when it comes to, uh, you know, engaging with the family. Um, but I read a really interesting essay in the wall street journal, um, over the last couple of days, Um, and it was around why children need those sort of nurturing father figures. And it had some really interesting statistics around the outcomes for kids who have these engaged nurturing fathers. And I want to read this, um, Mm. this really important, I think really important highlight. Uh, it says though many more mothers are also providers today, research suggests that fathers still lag behind as responsive caregivers, a soon to be published survey of more than 1600 teenagers by the Harvard education schools, making caring common project found that almost twice as many 14 to 18 year old boys and girls feel comfortable opening up to their mothers, 72% as to their fathers, 39% about anxiety, depression, or other mental health challenges. Um, so what that says to me is right. Like 
traditionally moms are seen as the compassionate caregivers, right? The, the safe harbor. Um, so I, you know, I have feelings I need to deal with. I have emotions. I don't know how to handle. Who do I talk to? I talk to my mom. Um, and I think as we, as we meet more and more dads who are kind of, I think, like-minded, we're seeing that start to shift, um, where, uh, you know, dads are really getting involved in, in talking about emotions and talking about, you know, how they feel, what they're afraid of. Even our, our last podcast episode, right. We talked about, um, you know, some fears that we had, um, traditionally dad is not supposed to talk about the things that he's afraid of. He's supposed to be the rock for the family. Um, but this sort of idea of nurturing fathers who are involved in raising the kids involved in talking about complex emotions and feelings and, and, thoughts sort of behind the scene instead of just saying, oh, you know, everything's going to be fine. I'm okay. Tough it out. Everybody's good. Yeah. Um, has a tremendous impact on kids and their overall mental and psychological well-being. Um, so I want to pass it over to you and just, you know, kind of, cause it seems to me to be kind of sort of the, the driving, me- the driving message behind a lot of what happens on dad verb and on, on your channels. Um, so kind of what are, what are your thoughts on this and how does this impact or, um, how does this factor into how you father your children? Dads opening up, being emotional, talking about their feelings, that certainly has been stigmatized, but there is 100% a positive impact on your children and raising your children when you are open, able to open up to them on a deeper level as maybe mom would. Now I'll be fully on like, I am very guilty of sometimes like my kids coming to me and they're hurt or whatever. And I'm just like, dude, you're get up, tough it up. You're fine. Move, move. Mm. Mom does not react like that. Right. Mm. But, uh, and, and I have done that for sure, but there are other times where I have knelt down and I've empathized with them, which is not something that dads did in generations past. And I said, right. man, that, that's, that, that boo-boo hurts, huh? You know, that sucks. I'm so sorry, bud. That hurts. Come here, man. Tell me about how this happened, you know, and really opening up on that, on that emotional level. That's, that's doing something to them. That's pop. And I, I I do want to say something real quick. The guys who are listening to this podcast, who are watching this on YouTube, you guys are amazing. You guys are taking the time to listen to this about dads talking about feelings and what the, and how they parent, right? That's not, that's not a Mm -hmm. thing, right? Yeah. But you are the the top percentile of dads who want to be engaged and involved and i applaud you for that and i'm so grateful that this community of dads is growing slowly but it is growing through yeah. dad verb uh and we are going to be raising more empathetic children uh children who like i mentioned are going to be servants as opposed to takers uh, and i think us being involved that has a massive impact i right. i was at a recent uh, get together and there is one guy who i just i don't i i, I just don't like him uh i just <laughs> there's some people i just don't like but there's don't vibe one, yeah so he was he his daughter was crying and he was just like ignoring her he was trying to talk with his boys or whatever anyway at one point i was just like man you gotta pick up your kid and eventually he does pick up his kid and he hands and he hands her off to his wife and he's like yeah she's gonna need a bath when she gets home and i'm like what is that? You're not going to like, you, you don't do that. You're not you going to do any of that. You, you don't give your kids a bath. You're not going to step up and, and, and handle that. If, if uh, you know, so right. 
they're this, I don't know, I wouldn't say he's a deadbeat dad, but just that whole concept of a deadbeat yeah. dad, an uninvolved dad, one who doesn't want to step up, that's laziness, okay? Cool. I get that you've worked. I've worked. I'm sick. I worked all day. Still had to do all the things, X, Y, Z. I'm stepping up. You got to do the same, man. Right. Yeah, I just um, got done giving my kid a bath tonight. Like, like I don't, it, I don't, and it's, it's such a – I, I want to – uh, touch on this too. So one of the experiences that, that I had even just today, right? So I think one of the most important things we can do as parents, especially as our or dads, especially as our kids are little yeah. is, um, baby wearing, right? Like I, I yeah. wear my, I wore my son everywhere in a, like a, in just a front carrier. Yeah. Um, I wear my daughter everywhere, you know, when we're kind of out and about, if I have the ability to do it, I just put her in the carrier and I wear her out when we're running errands. Um, or even just doing stuff around the house. And we were in Costco today, just mm-hmm. walking around, grabbing some stuff for the house. And I will not tell it had to be at least four, five, six times that I was stopped by other women in Costco or heard them commenting of just like, I heard one woman walk by and said, it's really nice to see a dad involved in the raising of their kids. (laughs) And I was just like, how is this not a thing? Like, how is this a surprise that that a dad is like that I want to? And it's not because my wife is saying like, oh, my back hurts. You need to carry the kid. Like, yeah, she did just have a C-section. I'm doing my part to like make sure the kids are taken care of. But, you know, I do it because I want to. And because I think it's important for my kids to know that I play as big of a role as mom does in their upbringing and, and both their emotional safety and their physical safety, right? Like I want to know that we are connected on that level. Like even my son and I, um, you know, we kind of touched on the, on the beginning. He was, he's having some behavioral issues. One, he's a toddler Two, He's got a new sibling. He's adjusting to life with, with another kid. And it's, it's been really hard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think in the beginning, like physically, it's not that difficult, but like mentally, it's just the juggling you have to do between the two kids is pretty exhausting. Um, And so a lot of what's happening with him is, um, you know, if he feels safe with me, like his outbursts happen with me. So for a while, I was looking at this as like, well, why me? Why am I the one who takes the brunt of you know, he's mad. So he like wants to hit or he's mad. So he wants to like yell and run around or whatever that is. And, you know, the more we read about it, the more we realized that like when your kid feels safe with you, they will let their emotions kind of like just out because they know there's not a, a serious consequence for letting their impulses take over in it too. They have no impulse control. Right. Um, and so, you know, we had an incident the other night. I, we were actually going to record on on Monday, I think, um, either Sunday or Monday. And, you know, I texted Andrew. and was just like, hey, can we just push this another night? Like, my son's having some emotional issues. Um, I just want to make sure I'm there to help deal with it. Um, and at one point, we we kind of, you know, I had a talk with my wife. I was, like, really keyed up about the whole thing. I was like, I don't know how to handle this. Like, I don't understand why it's just me. Like, why is this my problem? Um, you know, I'm just getting really frustrated with him. Um, and we ended up just like, you know, my son and I, we like hopped in the truck. I put him in the back. We had to like get rid of some stuff from our back porch. And I was like, all right, you're going to come with dad and we're going to go to the dump and get rid of these things. And on our way back, I remember talking, I was 
talking with him. And I just turned to him and I was like, you know, I know he's not really going to understand this, but he understands some of it. And I looked at him and I said, I was like, Hey buddy, I was like, I know we're having a hard time right now. I know there's a lot of change. And I said, you know, daddy was not dealing with his feelings very well. I was like, I just, I was having a really hard day. I had a lot of feelings and none of that is your fault. And like, I'm the grown up. I should be able to handle my emotions better than I did. And he, I remember he looked over at me and he like grabbed my hand. Literally. I mean, this is like, I wish I was like, you know, like making this up, but um, he grabbed my hand and he looked over at me and he said, I had a hard day too. And I was oh, just like, wow. wow. Like if wow. for a two year old to look at me and say that, and, and oh. I don't know that he really knows what that means, but it's that <laughs> sort of connection yeah. to like, to your kid, to look at them and say like, you know what, I'm having a hard time to, to, show your kids that like, you're not perfect yeah. and that you get frustrated and you get mad, but that you have a way of dealing with it in a healthy way so yeah. that they can see that example and, and hopefully come out, you know, better than, than you were. And, and, you know, you just keep leveling them up because yeah. that's how we impact future generations, right? Like that's the biggest impact we can have in the world is like raising better kids. You know, it's, um, you hit on something and I think it's true. I think we all as parents default to this, this innate need to look flawless for our kids, right? Mm -hmm. We make all the right decisions and you can too, right? right. But the right. reality is we make missteps and you're going to make missteps. And I think the mistake is not addressing them or acknowledging them and saying, I did this, you did this, you know? And uh, it's it's tough, and I think it is a mindset shift that we as a society need to work on. I need to work on for sure. But it's um, what you're doing with your son. It's really cool to hear uh, because you're you're. This is the building blocks to a really solid relationship, and potentially, you know, like we talked about last week, if you know you, your your kid is 16 and he and a friend got a little too drunk at a party, and then they call right. you, right? right? Are we happy that they that they made the decision to you know? get themselves in a bit of a bind with that's, you know, not very favorable. No, we're not happy with it, with that decision. But the fact mm -hmm. that they're open enough to call you as opposed to right. fearing what you would do right. instead trusting what you would do to help them get out of a situation. That's massive. That is a big win. And to foster that is, is to do what, what this article, the, the whole root of this whole conversation was yeah. being present, fostering, a healthy relationship with your child and not being overly critical in any sort of missteps that they may have along the way, uh, being more empathetic to what certain situations are, as opposed to being dismissive. That right. is ultimately, you know, the goal is, is to, is to build a healthy relationship with your child. And I think empathy and, and, and feelings, right. The, the unmacho yeah. feelings right. is the key to that. One of my favorite comments that I've ever gotten on a YouTube video was this video is the reason uh, is the cause for the pussification of the Western male. That's what they, that's what they told me. And I ate that up. I was like, man, you and the, and here's the funny thing. I don't know if I talked about this before uh, on the podcast, but that was a mom who commented that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was just like, listen, who I didn't am, love you enough. Uh, yeah, that. That like, you know, and it's funny because you know who did we, validate we have, your feelings. 
we got this course for, you know, father figure, right? And, you know, it's a business, right? You, you run ads on Facebook and right. you get comments. And a majority of the comments are women tagging their husbands. Like, this is really cool. We're expecting you should get this. This is really cool. Right. I'm like, awesome. And then there are a couple who are like, my husband would never do this. Ah, oh, my man would never this and that. And I feel right. so bad. I'm like, I want to change that. Why would you right. not? want to be involved why would you not yeah. want to baby wear that whole comment that you got right. at the costco like i you know i've been That's doing it for three years surprising now surprising part is is just like people looking <laughs> at you and being so surprised like i had uh at home goods the other day i had two older ladies behind the counter and one of yeah. them looked at me and said my husband would never hold a baby like that he uh -huh. would just hand uh -huh. them back to whoever gave them to them and i was that just like so i mean i guess that's sad. a generational thing but it's so sad Dude, to know that like people just refuse and i get it some people don't like to hold kids and that's fine i don't like to own, yeah i don't like, like to either that's why kid. i wear them that's right why I like wear them yeah because they're like they get heavy after a while <laughs> yeah but, like but like your own kid like i don't i don't know any way to make them feel safer or more connected to me than to to wear them to be there for them to like admit that i have flaws because I don't necessarily know that I saw that, you know, growing up was like, you know, I saw it from my mom because, you know, I was raised by a single mother. I saw that from her, but even, even, you know, I think in doing the best that she could, I think there were probably times that she didn't show me how she felt because she didn't want to burden me with the stress she was under, whether it was, you know, financial or, or right. you know, moving houses or whatever it was. That's what and we I, do. As a, right. As a parent, I get that because you don't want to lay that on your kid because you don't want to like steal their innocence um, mm -hmm. and lay the sort of heaviness on the world on them because you know it'll get to them soon enough. Can, you, can I ask you a um, question real quick? Yeah. I, we're going to go over time because of this, yeah. but I, I'm just, I'm <laughs> just curious. We, we were aiming for 40 minutes. It's not going to happen, man. I'm sorry. No, we're at 41. So I didn't know this about you. So you, you said you grew up with a single mom. I did. Was I did. that, what, what was, I mean, has that impacted how you choose to parent and be involved with your kids? 100%. How and why? Um, yeah. So this is something I, I sort of ruminated on. Um, I think before our first kid, um, you know, I tried to journal a lot about it just to get my thoughts out. Cause I, I was very nervous that I was somehow for some reason going to like, you know, freak out and like leave my wife and leave my kid and, hmm. you know, because it would be too hard and I wouldn't be able to handle it. Huh. Um, but yeah, for me, so, uh, you know, my, my mom and my dad were, were never married. Um, you know, it's just, it, it wouldn't have worked between them. Um, I know that, you know, having known my father, uh, you know, I didn't know who he was. It wasn't like, you know, he was some stranger or anything like that. Um, but he was never really in my life. Um, he was kind of in and out of my life, you know, lived in a different state was more or less absent. Um, you know, I think that was probably due to like, a lot of how he was raised and, and his family situation, which was definitely incredibly toxic. Did you, did um, you, did you feel like you missed out on a couple of things because, uh, he wasn't as present, uh, in your life? I think, I think I did when I was younger. I know I struggled with it a lot when I was growing up of like, you know, I think a lot of kids, you know, who have absent fathers struggle with this idea of, 
you know, why doesn't my dad love me? Why doesn't my dad want to be around? Why doesn't he want to be a part of my life? Um, I am very fortunate in that I had, uh, my grandparents, like my grandfather mm -hmm. was a, a huge, was the, the biggest probably male influence in my life. Um, you know, hardworking blue collar guy worked like, you know, 60, 70 hours a week, um, like logger, um, and, and took me out to like, make sure I spent time outside. He made sure like he took me with him everywhere. He wasn't um, so, a TikTok influencer. No, he was not no. a TikTok influencer. <laughs> Uh, you know, That's cool, man. permanently grease stained hands, like that kind of guy, yeah. um, very salt of the earth people. And, you know, he was a massive influence on in my life and my mom too. I mean, obviously my mom was, sure. was a huge influence. Um, but as far as like, you know, sort of masculine energy, like that was my granddad, like that he was, was him, figure. right? He was my father figure for sure. Cool. Um, and you're kind of getting back to your question. I think that when I go back and I, I really examine why it is I want to be involved in this way in my kids' lives, why I want to, you know, make content for, for dads, um, to kind of support the people who want to pursue this, who want to pursue, uh, parenting their kids in this way, um, is really probably mostly related to like, you know, my dad not being there and me really wanting to break that cycle of, yeah. you know, I, I my, I'll be damned if my kids don't know that I love them and that I'm proud of them and that I would do anything for them. Like that, that's the type of relationship that I want. And I'm sure I, there's something I could talk to a therapist about for hours, and hours and hours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think that drives a lot of my viewpoint on how I should be engaged as a father and what responsibilities I should take. Um, yeah. And I think that that drives a lot of just my, my viewpoint and my mentality around how I want to raise my kids. Maybe we can dive more into that in a different episode, but um, yeah. maybe we can round things. And and I do want to go back to one thing. Baby wearing is an absolute hack. Okay. Beyond oh, the awesome. benefits of, you know, bonding, emotional time, the closeness that you get to have. It is an absolute hack. Like my baby loves it, dude. <laughs> like they yeah. absolutely love it. They're quiet. They're calm. They're chill. I can get stuff done. So Our like, why wouldn't you want, want to, to do that down right now? She does not want to be put down, but dude. if we put her in a carrier, that's she's it. happy as can be. As long that's as she's hack. not messy or does, isn't hungry, she's good. Yeah. She'll sleep for hours while you walk around and do whatever you want. Yeah. Now is, is this, is this podcast sponsored by baby Bjorn? No, it's not. It's sponsored by nobody. Cause we don't have anything. But <laughs> <Should be. It laughs> this is, this be. is the spot. This is the ad read right here. This is, <laughs> it, it goes right here eventually one day. But, um, yeah, to, to any guys out there, where your babies, man, it's, <laughs> it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing feeling. And I, I've been doing it for three years. Uh, so comments and looks, um, mm -hmm. it, uh, they don't phase me as much, but I, I got very similar looks and comments, especially back in 2017 when we had our first. So, yeah. uh, what's fun though, is, uh, I got, I was wearing my daughters a couple, a uh, couple weeks back. Uh, and when, when you get the looks that are from other ladies that are thirsty, mm, I'm like, yeah, yeah. The thirsty, the my family situation is good. Be jealous. I told, <laughs> I told my wife earlier today, I was like, if you just, I was like, if you look around, I was like, I was like, if anybody, if any single dude just like borrowed somebody's baby for a while and just wore them around Costco, Game over, I was like, dude. first of all, all these ladies, I was like, you are way too late. I was like, if I'm walking around with a baby attached <laughs> to my chest, like you've missed the boat. Yeah, I'm like, sorry. Is, you're way, way past due on this. 
Oh, like I'm, man. I'm fully committed. Dude, yeah, inevitably, so you'll get at least so one of those fun. looks, though. You're just like, yeah, and you're going to get them, like, mostly, mostly it's going to be, like, you know, older ladies. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be the older ladies. At least they, they were in Costco today. Oh, that's hilarious, man. Well, let's round things out, and let's yeah. chat about uh, our the impact of our relationships mm. uh, ever since having kids. Yeah. What, uh, what do you have on that, man? Oh, that is, sorry, I just bumped my mic. Um, <laughs> I think it's hard to encompass all of the changes that happen. Um, but, it, you know, some of it is, you know, you don't have any time. Um, yep. So, you I know, that was you my struggle about, last episode. I yeah, you, you don't have any time. No. Um, I think once we had a kid, one of the biggest changes was the the mechanics of your relationship, right? Because your time is no longer your own and your focus is no longer your own. Your energy for both of you, for the most part, and, and mom especially is going into the baby. Mm -hmm. um, so you tend to, and I don't know if you experience this and I, I definitely want to hear from you. Like when the first probably four to six months of having our first kid, it felt like our relationship went into very kind of like, we were both incredibly in love with our baby, right? Like mm -hmm. we would, I mean, we would like cry all the time. First of all, you're exhausted. Your emotions are high. Hormones are all over the place. Like you don't know what's up, what's down. You're confused. You're anxious. So like you would cry over just like how much you loved your kid, like just in the weirdest moments. But the relationship between like my wife and I became sort of almost business-like, right? Because, mm. um, you know, obviously you have the six-week postpartum gap where like you're, you can't have intercourse, like, you, you know, they're not supposed to use any like feminine products. So there's this huge gap in intimacy that happens yeah. during that six weeks. And then what doesn't get talked about is like, okay, you've hit that six weeks, you know, you get the all clear, whatever it is that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the green light for, for no. you guys to be intimate again. Dude, um, we have a whole, a whole right. class on this in our father figured course. And in, yeah. I think that's something that as yeah. guys in particular, right. That's one thing that we struggle with. Um, the most is, sure. is that aspect of things because you know, when, when you welcome a kid a lot, again, a lot of your focus and attention is on your kid before it was just you and your, and your wife, you know, and it was, mm -hmm. it was great and dandy, but now there's this time split and then sometimes it feels kind of like transactional yeah. uh, where it, it, it's, you know, like I'll, I'll handle this, you handle that. And it's just like, it just right. kind of feels like work, you know, yeah. you go into uh, business mode. Yeah. 100%. And it gets really uh, difficult, but the way that I feel like we can like really reconnect is you know we would play games we'd, we we love board games we love card games yeah. we do that and that's like our way to like decompress we watch shows we watch netflix mm -hmm. um and then another way a lot of couples reconnect and, and kind of build that bond back up is they have sex right right but at least in my case dude it was just lost like it was yeah. gone and it's better now but right. it's like Maybe it's a little TMI, but it's like I found myself asking, like, do you even get like horny anymore? Like, do you still like right. me? Like right. this kid sucked everything out of you. And there's yeah. some moments where I kind of like, like resent. Am my I still kid. attractive to yeah. my wife? Like that's exactly yeah, I, and I think that's a normal it so if you're if you're a husband out there and you're going through your first kid, it is not 
out of the realm of like, you're not weird if you're wondering if your like wife still finds you attractive. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going through a lot, you're, you're tired, you don't have any energy. And, and I was listening to another podcast. I think, uh, I was actually listening to man enough, uh, on your recommendation kind of earlier today. Fantastic podcast. And one of, right. Fantastic podcast. And one of the points they, they were talking about was how intimacy develops in the mind of a woman versus a man, right? Like, so yeah. intimacy develops in a woman's mind in general from, uh, you know, emotions, right? Like you, you know, you do nice, like small, nice gestures. Um, like they were talking about, like, yeah. you know, he made his wife coffee or he did the dishes or he did this or he did that. And it was kind of all these small things. Yeah. Um, and that's how your, your wife, and I know for my wife, this is generally true. That's how she feels connected and appreciated by me to and by me. Right. right. Is, are those small gestures? Like I'll go to the store and like, make sure I bring her home flowers or I'll make sure I bring home, you know, I'll make her coffee when I make coffee or Dude, you're hitting um, you know, it on do the those head. small things. And th those are the things that, that allow her to feel connected to you me. You were and courting that, your wife. You would bring <laughs> right. home flowers. Yeah, you were courting it's her knowing and that goes that, out like, the window. Right. It's knowing that I'm thinking about her. Yes. Right? Other than just like we're together. You would send her a text, be like, Hey, sexy. Yeah. Like, Hey, hey I love, love you. you. Like, I'm hope yep. you're having a good day. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Yep. Now with men, it's kind of the opposite. Right. So I know for me, when I feel valued and, and connected and loved by my partner, it's typically through physical intimacy. That's kind of like where it starts. Yes. Right. So with, with women, it's the emotional intimacy is followed by the physical intimacy with men. It's the physical intimacy begets the emotional intimacy, right? Like I feel loved and connected when that happens. So what then happens when you have this six week gap, you have no energy, you have no time to think about your significant other, other than these sort of like business like transactions, that's where those things kind of go out the window. And it, it's a real challenge to reconnect, um, and, yep. and to find each other again. Um, and I know, I think it was even, uh, there was an interview with, I think it was Michelle Obama who talked about the fact that like raising kids, she's like, I hated my husband. And this is the Obamas, right? They're like the poster child for like a great relationship. She was like, I hated my husband for 10 years. I couldn't stand the sight of him because we were in the middle of like raising our kids. And then it was after that, that we started to kind of find each other again. Um, you know, and I've even talked to family members who are just like, you know, I get a chance to like go on a walk now that his, my kids are older. I get a chance to just like go on a walk with my wife or like go to the yeah. store or go do things together that we couldn't while we were in the throes of raising little kids who need you all the time. Yeah. I, I do. I was chatting with uh, a family, a couple family members and, uh, we were just kind of just talking about like just real talk that guys, frankly, should have more mm -hmm. often. We talked about finances. Uh, right. We talked about uh, how much they're putting each month into a 401k and a Roth IRA. Are they maxing mm -hmm. out? Like we had like deep conversation. We talk talking about how much we all make. That's awesome. You know, it was it was great. But another thing yeah. we talked about, we were like brainstorming, like, hey, how can we have more sex with our wives? You know, right. like, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, tips. Yeah, and we're and. I mean, you hit it on the head earlier. It was like, 
uh, one of us, their wife, like they opened up. They're like, you stop like courting me. Yeah. Like, you used to buy me flowers. You yeah. used to text me. You used to do, you know, just little gestures and right. just go out the window with kids. It's just because like, I can't be bothered mm-hmm. by that right now. Like I got to change a poopy. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, right. all these the things. The thing is keeping your kid alive, not yeah. dating your wife. Exactly. But that's the thing that we guys, if there's uh, some big takeaway that I hope to ingrain with, with guys throughout uh, this podcast or dad verb YouTube content or our course content is do not stop dating your mm-hmm. wife. Uh, oh, I remember doing like a, a live wow. stream with guys from our course community and like the biggest tip about for new dads had nothing to do with their kids. It was everything to do with their wives. It was about building and maintaining a yeah. strong relationship with them, uh, but also mitigating expectation, right? Just because you give them a massage doesn't mean mm-hmm. that, okay, now we get to have fun, right? It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. You got to temper that expectation. And I want to read you these statistics real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came from an Instagram account called uh, Momwell. Uh, Erica Jossa, she's like a... Um, She's a psychologist uh, that uh, that deals specifically with postpartum women. Uh, anyway, there's a really interesting poll that they conducted. We at, it was I'm just gonna read it. We asked seven thousand of you how much sex you were having in the first two years of your baby's life. Okay, here are the results. Okay, twenty seven point two percent. So roughly a quarter said a couple times a month. I wish I could have said that we were in there, but we weren't. Right? Yeah. We were in the second <laughs> we highest category. Either. We were in the 20.1% that said once every few months. Okay. So right there, yeah. that's that's 47% of people said either a couple times a month, which is great, or once every few months, which is kind of where we were at, which is sad. But like, and this is after, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you get the six week green light, but it's not six weeks, man. It's more like, you know, maybe eight to no. 10 where you can maybe start. <laughs> right. But this is asking about well, the first it, two it, years think... of, a, of a baby's life. Yeah. Um, and then just real quick, uh, uh, 18.6% said weekly. And this is where I'm kind of like, man, that'd be mm. great. But no, we're not there. But 18.6% said yeah. weekly. Um, 13, uh, no, I'm sorry. 14.4% said monthly. 13.2% said a couple times a week. Uh, 5.9% said once per year, which, uh, I've heard a couple of guys Ugh. who are, you know, that's tough. That's tough. And then the expectation yeah, that we have, that right? The guys, the dream daily, every single day, mm-hmm. 0.04%. That's probably, that means of 7,000, maybe one, <laughs> two people, uh, yeah. uh said, yeah, I think 0.04% of people are lying. Yeah, exactly. Then, I'm like, you have probably, to. Nah. What was the other one? Like 13 something percent. They were like a couple times a week. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, raising, even just raising two kids, I don't think I physically have the energy for a couple times yeah, a week. Yeah. It's don't. weird to say. I'm like, I'm tired I, sometimes. I would wish, I wish I could say, yeah, I wish I could say I did. But the reality is, is like, there are times I just like want to watch a show and shut my brain off and go yeah. to bed. Yeah, because I'm the same you know, way. what we're in right now, yeah, what we're in right now is like obviously we just had our our daughter three weeks ago, but our you know because of the change in our household, like our son, what they don't tell you is like now our toddler wakes up at three thirty in the morning yeah. and comes in our room because he can't sleep or he's worried about something. So like that's how he's handling it. His stress is he wakes up at three thirty or four o'clock, he climbs out of bed and opens our door, you know what feels like the middle of the night and goes daddy, I'm awake. And I'm like, Oh, cool, buddy. Come on in. Like, just come lay with us. Maybe you'll get a few more hours of sleep, Mm -hmm. which generally doesn't happen. Um, 
so you know that you're you're you not only have all this sort of emotional stress that's going on of like trying to figure out multiple kids or even your first kid and then on top of that like you have just this the pure sleep deprivation yeah. of like all right you know let's say we go to bed at 11 then the baby's going to wake up at like 1 30 or 2 and need to eat and then probably going to wake up around 3 30 or 4 again and also need to eat you know have a diaper change blah 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 like and that's if they get their two hour stretch and not are not waking up you know every hour to an hour and a half um you know your body just starts to shut off after a while yeah um yeah. and i think what was i reading there's there's a an interesting like biological your wife's bodily hormones actually change it's either during the last trimester or postpartum but they change to actually drop your testosterone as a man so it mm. actually increases your prolactin levels and drops your testosterone to make you more ready for uh more ready and less aggressive so that you can uh be a more empathetic father mm. um so there are actually like physiological changes that happen to you yeah. to actually lower or inhibit your sex drive to um, make you essentially a better dad. It, and that's just, that's nature, right? Trying, I'm, I just read it and I can't remember where I saw it. I know what you're talking about. There's, there's a biological impact uh, shift that happens. Oh gosh, I really want to find it and, and drop it in the, com uh, in the show notes because that, that, that is a fascinating read. When we're talking about this stuff, it's easy to kind of get siloed into like guys talking about guys, right? But the, again, a hard key to this is kind of like empathizing and really like understanding like what is going on through her mind so that you can try to um, not necessarily troubleshoot things because we always want to fix the situation or whatever, but at least just like get right. a better understanding of what or, 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 you know, how she might be dealing with certain things. Um, so I would recommend you guys right. checking out Momwell, which is M-O-M-W-E-L-L -L on Instagram. Uh, she is a, a, a kind of a friend of mine. Uh, uh, we've we've worked on a video or two together and she has a lot of good insights about you know like women dealing with the invisible load and you know what that means uh and and you know things that they may get they may be going through that you didn't know oh i just hit the mic uh things that your your wife your partner <laughs> may be going through that you didn't realize uh and it might open up some mm -hmm. uh some just new ideas or uh new m viewpoints for you because um it's a uh, it, yeah. it's it's helped me to some extent you know it's not something that I, I i live and die by but you know there's some stats where i'm like ah that's i'm not alone okay cool yeah. my wife is uh yeah she's it, it helps you understand yeah that the lack of understanding leads yeah. to and, frustration and um yeah this is a good absolutely. way to mitigate and I that think, i think that's um yeah i think and you're actually you you sort of made my segue for me so that was perfect <laughs> cool. um I, I think it's, you know, one of the things that we really tried to focus on, or at least, you know, I saw was missing with our first kid is trying to look at what my wife is doing from the viewpoint of gratitude rather than, you know, what am I not getting or what is not happening that I'm not happy with? I, I think those things need to be dealt with, but I think they're, they're mitigated when I look at it and say, you know, she, her body is literally keeping our child alive at this mm -hmm. point. Like it is, 
producing food, it's producing appropriate hormones and antibodies and all these things to keep a kid alive. And to look at your partner and say, as much as I love this child, they were physically a part of her for 10 months. Like they grew from her body, from her existence comes this. Um, and trying to look at things from this sort of almost like this perspective of awe, right? Like the awe of the experience of like the fact that, um, you know, that we had a kid, that they're healthy, that they're, they're being raised, that they're being, uh, you know, they're getting appropriate nutrition, um, that we live in a situation where, you know, I'm not afraid of my kids starving. Um, you know, it's, it's a tremendous, um, tremendous honor to be able to watch that and to support it in whatever way I can. Um, and so it's like, you know, do I need to like nag about this, that, or the other thing? Like, uh, I really don't, and I probably shouldn't. Um, it's not to say that I should ignore how I feel, or I should ignore, you know, what my thoughts are. I should communicate those clearly, right? but I should also have appropriate expectations. You know, that's a, that's a good mindset to certainly keep. And I fully understand that when you're in the thick of it in the day to day, it's, you know, your emotion gets you sometimes, you know, it's tough, but that is definitely a good thing to keep in mind. Uh, but you know, the reality is that that's our stance. You know, we are empathetic guys. We love being a part of the family and, um, you know, we want to do what's best for our family. And, um, and sometimes it takes some, some L's personally so that we can, uh, you know, make some <laughs> sacrifices. That's just, that's just what happens, whether it's, uh, sex or time or you know, what, how money. What, yeah, dude. Uh, but the reality is like, there's some guys out there who are listening to this and like, man, these guys are absolute, just like, just weak. This is weak. This is beta male stuff. Uh, and I that's fine, just, man. that's just not a mindset that I share. That's just, uh, I believe, um, you know, I, or we are, um, are, uh, the, the new generation that's going to be building strong young men, uh, strong young women. And it's not going to be, uh, defined by, you know, yeah. Hey, rub some dirt on it and move on. It's going to be, uh, largely, um, not defined. It's, it's largely going to be um, aided by our ability to open up, share, uh, you know, empathize, and, and be compassionate towards our kids as opposed to uh, being forceful. So, uh, you know, that's 100%. all I've got. We're coming up on time. Do you have any final thoughts before we close out, man? No, great conversation today. Really appreciate it. And and again, I want to reiterate your, um, you know, your message earlier to all the dads who who listen to this, who are part of the Dad Verb community, um, who create content, consume content, um, about how to be better fathers is you, you guys are the ones who will change the world. Like that's it. This community will change the world. We can leave no greater legacy and have no greater impact than raising the best, you know, the next best generation that we can. That's it. That, that's all we can do. There you go, guys. Thank you for tuning in. If you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple, we'd appreciate a five-star review. Help spread the word. Help get this to guys who need it. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, feel free to comment down below. Give us a like. and Let us know what your thoughts are on this video, whether it's about the TikTok, about your relationship with your spouse, relationship with your kids, or anything that we chatted about. Please feel free to uh, share those comments. I don't always respond to them. It's kind of tough for me to tackle a lot of things right now. Uh, but I do read them. I do read uh, all the comments that that hit my page. So uh, yeah, please go ahead and do that. I'll be on spring break uh, going to San Antonio, and hopefully we're not sick. So uh, we might be a little slow with an, up, uh, an episode next week recording. 
Uh, but we'll we'll be back really soon with episode seven. Until then, we love you guys. We appreciate your listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.